Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Osmosis updates from the lab. Let's take a listen. Hey, hey. hey. Maybe one more minute. All right. I think we're good to go. Okay. Today is December 14th. Uh, finally back from the updates from the lab. Uh, we have a couple of things to go over in a very busy few weeks. Uh, today we're going to have Sunny just going over some of the general osmosis updates, uh, the recent V13 upgrade, which went, last, uh, went live last week. Um, and we have Federico and Miles from the OGP. They're going to be bringing on Leica and Chaos Lab, both which are grantees. And then we're also going to have uh, Lava Network sharing some exciting developments that are coming up. Uh, Sunny, why don't you go ahead and kick it off? Hey, uh, yeah. Uh, been a fun two weeks. Uh, the V13 fluorine upgrade finally happened. Uh, so with that, I uh, had a bunch of new changes. Um, you know, the biggest obviously being the stable swap. So excited for that. I think there was you know, a couple proposals already went up already. A couple, I think so, some pools have already been created now with some of the stable swap assets. Uh, and I think proposals to put some in, throw some incentives onto those should be going up pretty soon um yeah so i think you know definitely going to be i think uh we're making a three pool right now with like uh usdc usdt and busd as like sort of a you know uh you know three most popular stable coins letting them building up liquidity for those so people can like onboard using those but then also like I, you know, I, I know the IST folks are putting putting up their own pool as well. There'll, there'll be a Dai pool as well as I'm sure there'll be a USK pool. So uh, yeah, excited to see a lot of those. Um, one thing people maybe may or may not have noticed, but it's definitely happening in the background, which I'm sure traders will be happy about, is a lot of the swap fees uh, go down now because uh, one of the this is sort of something that governance voted on a while ago, but it kind of just took some time to like fully test out properly and get it all working. But now swap fees are cut in half when you do a multi-hop trade through Osmo. So what, what that means is, you know, today, let's say you're swapping Adam to Juno. Well, actually, no, there is a direct Juno to Adam pool. Uh, let's say you're swapping Adam to regen uh so in when you do you know there's an atom osmo pool and then there's an at osmo regen pool and each of those have their own sort of 0.2 percent swap fee uh that gets given to the uh lps of each pool but what we've made it do now is and so you know if you're doing a swap from atom to region you're effectively paying a 0.4 percent swap fee which is actually relatively high and so what we've done is now, if you swap from Atom to 
regen through the Osmo pool, it knows that it basically cuts the swap fee in half for each pool. So then you only end up paying a total of 0.2% swap fee. So this does mean that the swap fee revenues for the trader, for the LPs in each of these pools does go slightly down on a per trade basis. But the hope is that this this, uh, reduced swap fees will actually sort of just bring in more volumes overall onto the onto the decks that you know it'll become a more competitive place to trade relative to other dexes as well as uh be able to uh you know more arb volumes will be uh captured so you know people are all, all always uh arbing arbing assets against uh other exchanges and so you know what 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 happened you know one interesting dynamic with what happens with swap fees is it you you can't it's not profitable to arb until the difference on the price on the dex let's say something like atom right like let's say it's uh let's say the swap fees for trading usdc to atom are 0.4% it's not profitable for a user to arb the DEX price to match the price on centralized exchanges until it's uh, drifted at least 0.4% away. Because, you know, let's say it's drifted 0.5% away, you do the ARB, you you end up paying 0.4% in the swap fee, and then you you only get sort of the 0.1%, which is still a profitable thing to do. And what's nice is by driving down the swap fees overall, we get the ARBs happening much more frequently that, you know, as if it's even 0.3% away or 0.201% away, then it uh, it'll the ARB volumes will kick in uh, more more frequently. So yeah, that's something that uh, we're 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 pretty excited about, and hopefully we'll I'm I'm sure the traders will also be excited and happy for as well. And it also that means that we don't have to have um, a lot of not we don't really there's not a strong reason or it reduces the reasons for why we need non-osmo base pair pools so for example like you know for a while there was like oh you know it, it still makes sense to have let's say an adam juno pool or an adam stars pool because people may, might want to be going between those and they don't want to pay the extra swap fee but now that the swap fees are the same when you're going through multi-hop through osmo pools we can actually sort of uh you know there's not a strong need to have these other non-osmo base pair pools so that that's uh pretty exciting as well. So yeah, I think those are two of the things. Um, IBC rate limiting still underway. Oh, sorry, it, it's on. And now, you know, it's, it hasn't been activated yet. There, there'll be some governance proposals needed to activate it with the proper parameterizations for different channels. Um, yeah, so I think those are sort of the main big things that happened with the V13 upgrade. Obviously, next, the, you know, still focusing on concentrated liquidity. Um, all, all available on GitHub. Everyone can track as, track it live as it happens. Um, and then there's also the ICNS work that's uh, been being done. So uh, Josh, and maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey guys, uh, this is Josh, uh, and yeah, we uh, at Chinapsis as well as some developers from uh, Osmosis uh, has been working on this uh, new name service protocol called ICNS. Uh, you know, we always had the idea of like name services for a while. I just felt like we never quite came to a conclusion on how it should be designed, what the right like mechanism should be. And 
yeah, eventually just sort sort of had you know uh, more of um, internal kind of you know discussion around uh, finalizing it, and uh, yeah, our team has been extremely just heads down building this thing for I would say about the past uh, three four weeks ish at this point. Uh, in terms of the design, obviously has been uh, going in the background for a lot longer than that. Um, but the exciting thing is um, all of the contracts are now open. The repo is available for people to see. Uh, and there are three proposals that are currently on um, the Osmosis chain to upload three different contracts. One is the owner NFT contract. Uh, one is, I believe, the registrar, and then the last one is the resolver. So, um, yeah, you know, if you're a developer who's interested in some of these, uh, you know, reviewing Rust contracts, we'd love to get feedback. If we should change anything before we, you know, uh, put this thing to the chain, uh, obviously that's uh, very welcome feedback. So please feel free to check that out. Uh, if you would love to see this on Osmosis, uh, yeah, uh, we'd love to encourage you guys to vote yes. Uh, in the meantime, uh, there's been a kind of like uh, trying to ship this, I think, is multiple different products sort of uh, being developed in parallel. There's obviously contract part. I think there's uh, the web app part. And then as uh, if, if you guys, some of you guys didn't know, there is also a part on um, the Twitter verifiers where, you know, we felt like the right way to distribute the initial namespace where it's, you know, I, I don't think there's one perfect way of distributing namespace, but we felt like, hey, Twitter names sort of have a moat around it. We wanted to essentially do a hard spoon of it. So, you know, everyone sort of gets a chance to at least claim their handles initially before we move on to kind of opening up uh, more namespaces. But this also requires us, you know, to have the Twitter verifiers and, and um, having those uh, open as well. There's also the web app to claim, and then there's a lot of the coordination work around the wallets and web apps. So uh, right now, you know, happy to say uh, we feel pretty confident the contract stuff is done. Uh, the web app stuff is coming along fairly nicely, and we're expecting to at least be able to have some sort of test available by the, the end of the week this week. Um, I don't know if I should be dropping dates here in terms of the expectations, but uh, I'm just gonna do it. I, I think I think we're pretty set on being able to launch this by uh, next week for people to claim. That being said, you know, um, don't feel like you need to rush into this. There is uh, at least a year long period where you know you can just sort of claim your Twitter handle. So you know you don't feel like you have to rush it. Do it the first day. No problem if you do it a little bit later. Uh, and uh, initially, obviously, uh, this is a very wallet integrator web app led uh, project right now. So uh, Kepler is working on uh, getting this more integrated into its stack. Uh, also, causal stations in progress, as well as GIF and Commonwealth. Uh, in terms of the timeline, I think those are a little bit more TBD. But um, yeah, hopefully, most of those integrations will be done ASAP in terms of uh, launching this thing. Um, so I don't know if right, I, I, I'm happy to take questions later, I think when we get, uh, time allocated for, to get audience questions, but, uh, that's just generally the update. Um, 
And yeah, just really excited to see this. Obviously, you know, my work in, um, yeah, helping build wallets and things like that eventually sort of organically led me to be more interested in um, things like identity, social, uh, which I feel like are kind of the building blocks to making uh, bigger visions and um, bigger uh, entity structures like DAOs to work. So, um, yeah, um, really excited to kind of get this first Lego piece out there. Uh, I've, you know, teased to people that like, hey, what if osmosis is not a dex, but it's a lifestyle? I firmly believe that. I think we have a lot of good, uh, interesting branding, interesting product, interesting user mode and things like that. So uh, we want to leverage that as much as possible and, um, you know, make, make using osmosis more of an experience that you enjoy doing uh, rather than like, oh, I need to buy this. As soon as I'm done, I'm out of here. So uh, that's kind of what we're building. Uh, and yeah, happy to kind of take questions later as well. So. I think yeah, we have so actually, most people uh, ask uh, how you get on the whitelist for ICNS, and the answer is uh, you are all already on the whitelist by the fact that you are are using Twitter right now. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, um, sounds like I think uh, maybe I think we... let's, should we open up for questions now, or should we maybe let's uh, have uh, some of the grants folks come on first? Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so, Federico. Federico? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us on here today. Yeah, so maybe to start off, I wanted to give a quick update on the program before handing it off to our grantees, Chaos Labs and Leica, to chat about our projects. So we've been working on a number of transparency and communication initiatives, thanks to the great feedback we received from the community. Um, as part of this, we wanted to give grantees the opportunity to come on updates from the lab to show off, you know, all the cool work they've been doing and give them a chance, give you guys a chance to ask them any questions. Um, we'll have a couple of grantees join us on here every four weeks, and today we'll hear from Leica and Chaos Labs. We also held our first session of hourly office hours on Discord last week, which we will hold every four weeks going forward. This is meant to be an open discussion, so we encourage anyone who has project ideas, specific feedback, or any questions about the program to join us next time, which will be on the 5th of January. And there will, there will be an announcement on Discord for that. Um, you can also check out our first monthly transparency report where we share some updates on grantee progress, some high priority RFPs we're looking to fund, such as fee abstraction and merch stores and other operational updates. These reports will also be published on a monthly basis going forward. And yeah, you can find the report in the blog section on our website. Um, yeah, and I'd like to leave it to Laika and maybe if they could Come on and tell everyone what Leica is and what they're building. So we can bear. Oh, there we go. Better. Can you try saying something again? Okay. Yes. Sure. Okay. okay. Uh, I'll change the internet in a second. That's much. We better. can hear you now. That's much better. Great. Okay. 
Okay, I think I'm on. Okay, um, thanks a lot, Federico, and sorry if my sounds may sound, you know, a bit, you know, um, kind of funny because I just got sick yesterday, and um, I guess I hope this is also my first time, um, on a Twitter space. So if anything goes wrong, sorry for that. But yeah, um, we are like a labs. We do we build tools, and mainly it's the um web dot um get like dot app that's the main um the main domain for us and we just we just recently we just got grant from the osmosis and we migrated um most of the work because web dot get like dot app is for the EVM and we just um expanded to interchain dot get like dot app as well and what we do is we do um if you if any folks here a developer before um you may similar you may familiar with the tools called postman in the web 2 space so we kind of do um the postman concept for requesting in the you know blockchain spaces so um you know making a request to smart contract um you just enter the the contract and um just to want to know you know inter uh, an easy interaction just a, just a ui you don't have to write any codes on that. So we kind of do that. And yeah, that's just the, the basic understanding of Leica and happy to take any question on the grant process as well. Yeah, maybe another question, like can you kind of explain how Leica will benefit osmosis and what got you interested in supporting Osmosis in the first place? <clears throat> sure. Okay. So, um, I guess in general, um, like that has benefited smart contract developers, um, um, in general. So, if you go on and um, maybe kind of develop using, um, like on the like the the web application. And compare that to you just write the codes and trying to request, making multiple requests. Um, by default, um, it will help you multiple, you know, the the efficiency is by three times. So we have done this for like a year already, and and every time we um give this to developers, we ask them, you know, how it, it helps them um in 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 their day to day developing. All of them have say that. You know, it boosts up the efficiency as well, because you don't have to write codes just to request to, you know, certain um, interaction with smart contracts. So that by default, it helps the, with the, you know, fasten the process of developing. And especially in Osmosis, I think uh, when the team got hands-on in the ecosystem that was non-EVM, <coughs> we found it quite hard for developers to start learning how to develop on a, on the on that particular ecosystem as well especially um, back in the day um, i mean five months ago <laughs> we start looking into osmosis in general and then we say uh you know um the developer tools in this space is kind of lacking um and we think that having like that will also help developers in other spaces for example People who already use us in EVM, um, they will with similar interface, right? You just um, you you have the same experience, understanding the contract and 
in osmosis world. So with that kind of idea, we think that it would be great if we expanded to indigenous as well and um, integrated with other tools. Um, I think we, all, we already have like, tools like Beaker, um, similar concept to um, the hard hat in the, in the EVM space as well. And um, we also integrated that within the grant process. Uh, right now, we're, we're working on it. Uh, we have been working on it for like, uh, a week already, and I think it will be on um, by this week or maybe mid ne next week as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I guess, like, in terms of the grant, um, can you share a bit more about like what you've left, what's left for you to accomplish before completing it? Yeah, um, it's actually two things left. Um, the first, uh, uh, maybe may give a, a little bit of background. So what we propose for the grant is uh, only for onboarding the basic features um, that has already been on the EVM side. Uh, we kind of uh, built all that for the interchain version. And um, additionally, we also uh, integrate with other tools on the Osmosis ecosystem as well. So um, um, the one that I just said, we integrate with Beaker. And um, that one is still ongoing. Um, and the other one that uh, was left, this one is, is, is we call it a non-developer side. So that, that is the developer side. So we kind of built all, all the orders from ground up, um, onboarding the features to interchain. And the other one is also on you know, making videos, making uh, documentation on how to develop on Osmosis how to develop on interchain as well that one we recorded all the videos um we're still left with you know editing it adding some subtitles and stuff like that and um it'll be on quite soon but most of the since most of our crew still you know um, kind of studying in the college and right now they're having finals tomorrow will be the you know last day with the finals so uh, it will be it will be it will be finished quite soon <laughs> and um, I hope it'll be um, pretty useful to the ecosystem. Yep. That's cool and good luck with the finals. <laughs> Thank you. So maybe like where can people learn more about Leica and once all these videos and the documentation is out, where, where can they find it? Yeah, sure. Um, I uh so um you can go to the YouTube. So we are we we have a YouTube uh channel. It's um get like that it's I I think it's like a lab as well. We can just search on the on the YouTube and um we'll also post it because we haven't posted the video in, in on the YouTube for a while and our subscriber in the YouTube channel wasn't that high. So it will be hard for you to, to find on YouTube. So um, let me just say, if we all post it, we'll, we'll, share, we'll, we'll share with the space. Um, we'll share out in the, in the Twitter. And you can take a look on that. We'll also put it in the documentation on our site as well. So docs. Um, get like out of app as well. 
Yeah. And then once all of that is out, we'll also make sure to share it on the grants website as well and on the grants Twitter account also to make sure people, <laughs> people can find that easily. Um, That'd be great. Is, is there anything else you wanted to touch on before opening it up to questions? Mm, yeah, I think I'm good for now. Maybe um, answering other people requests would be better. Cool. Um, <clears throat> maybe one last thing before we uh, jump into open questions. Uh, we have folks from the Lava team on. Um, what Lava is one of the, I don't know, Cosmos projects I'm personally very excited about. I think, uh, you know, well, first I'll let them talk a little bit about what, what, what it is first. And then Clapper, are you there? Maybe he's not there. Um, well, I oh. can tell. Oh, Jill, are you, you want to chat about it? There we go. Perfect. Hey, hey. Nice to be here. Thank you for hosting us. Uh, one second. Yeah, I'm right here with the ears next to me. Uh, we're both the uh, co-founders of Lava, uh, decentralizing RPC uh, infrastructure. And uh, we would love to tell you more about our journey and how we got here and what Lava does and how it fits uh, with the Cosmos uh, ecosystem and how it connects with Osmosis. So basically, the way we started uh, was that we saw that um, I was basically building MEV on Ethereum. And I saw that, you know, everyone is using these centralized RPCs, uh, which give you a really poor performance for this kind of uh, operation. And also, you have to trust what you see from them. There's no way to verify that the information they give you is correct. And as I was thinking about in what way can I build better infrastructure for uh, Web3, um, I got to, with uh, here to the point that we, uh, that the best way to improve the infrastructure is to decentralize it and but also make it accountable so that means that the data that you get you can trust that it's actually from the blockchain um, and on our journey we went and we saw that uh, cosmos is like an amazing ecosystem where you can build sovereign app chains on and we thought that the best uh, that would be the best place for us to build this type of decentralized network that allows for a market between consumers, uh, these are any uh, dApps, uh, any uh, wallets, bridges, they want access to blockchain data uh, to get that data uh, from providers. And providers can be any entity that has access to the underlying blockchain. So uh, we started on our journey and started building on uh, Cosmos. Uh, currently, we actually have a live uh, private testnet where we onboarded validators, providers, and consumers. And we're stress testing the network. And we also have uh, full osmosis support, both testnet and mainnet, on our uh, testnet. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is obviously one of the most important things because today every, you know, one of the biggest critiques against, like, all blockchain systems is that, like, we're very reliant on a few centralized RPC providers, especially, like, you know, there's a common critique hosted, like, thrown against Ethereum as a whole, where like everyone is basically relying on like Infura and maybe a you know there there are a few others now Alchemy and stuff as well, but like you know anyone who's using MetaMask or something, it's just relying on <clears throat> uh, you know the the 
centralized RPC providers that you have to trust. And, you know, really end goal is we should be moving towards like, you know, it's kind of crazy in general that like wallets today, like I don't think any wallet really has like proper uh, light mm-hmm. client protocols built into them, except maybe Bitcoin wallets. I think Bitcoin wallets are probably like, the only ones that actually <clears throat> yeah, do totally. proper light clients. Um, but until, but, you know, so, you know, that obviously there's a lot of work to be done there. And, you know, we, we definitely want to be pushing towards that with like Kepler and um, stuff within the causes ecosystem. But like at, at the same time, just having like decentralized RPCs that we talk to. So we're not relying on one provider, but like, you know, let's say you want to fetch the status of the chain. What you should be doing is like sending out a request to multiple providers uh, who then, you know, and then you get responses from, let's say, like, I don't know, five of them, and you make sure that at least three or four of them agree before you accept something as valid. And that's sort of what Lava enables for, for like Cosmos chains, as well as uh, other chains as well in the future, I'm sure. But yeah, so that, I mean, this is kind of, you know, if we want to make blockchains better than glorified Google Sheets, I think this is one of the important steps in that process. Definitely, Sonia. I, I think that you know what, what you're touching here is exactly what what brought us to um, you know to create Lava. Uh, we thought about how blockchain evolved from you know running your own node basically with all the values of Web three. So you trust the data. You know you cannot have a censorship, and it's permissionless. So you get the data that you want. And the evolution to node two. Uh, which we kind of, uh, what you mentioned as the centralized provider that really helped bringing down the barriers to entry for all the dApps, but they have zero uh, of the values of uh, Web3. You know, they are scalable, but on the other hand, they have problems of censorship and, uh, and trust assumptions. So we, 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 try, we try to think how we can combine the best of uh, node one of running your own node with the scalability of node two. And, and this is the thesis that uh, we, we kind of create in, in Lava. Uh, we, we're trying to combine an off-chain protocol with an up-chain that uh, acts like a settlement layer for a peer-to-peer uh, uh, node market. And uh, I, I think that the values of open source, permissionless, and the combination with decentralization is where we really need to be in order to scale the ecosystem. Uh, and I would like to add one more thing. Uh, I think, Sunny, you touched on this. You know, when we were thinking about product market fit for Lava, we were interviewing different wallets, and they basically told us they had a problem one time where they sent the trans- uh, they read uh, something wrong, and a webhook was triggered. And they basically like transferred a bunch of Bitcoins to a wrong wallet. And then they had to go and find this person and get the money back. And after that, they basically wrote some custom code to do a quorum. So they got multiple providers had to sign another contract and also to run their own node. And only after you reach a quorum and you get the information, the data from the three uh, different uh, parties, only then you decide if you deposit uh, you trigger the webhook and you deposit the assets to the uh, customer. And when we heard that story, we're like, wow, so this is really something that people are struggling with and that they need solution for. 
So this is one of the main reasons we started building love. Sweet. Love, yeah. We'd love to hear any questions. Um, yeah, I think are any are is anyone from Chaos Labs here? We could request to speak so we can add you up. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. we can yeah open up the floor to any questions from anyone in the yeah. audience. Feel free to request whether think, it's uh, for you know osmosis, uh, Lyca, grants, or lava. I think uh, Omar's on the on the audience. Just waiting for him to accept the invite. Well, until then, I guess we could take some questions until he no accepts. I guess maybe. We, we can touch on one more thing that we do at Lava. I think there's a common misconception about decentralization where people assume that because uh, something is decentralized, it has to be, uh, has to be it's just about censorship resistance. Or, and sometimes people assume because there's decentralization, there's a lot more coordination that has to happen, and then you lose performance. And this, this, is, this is one of the things we're trying to break, this assumption with Lava, by having accountable infrastructure. So the idea is that instead of using the blockchain to, obvious, to basically transfer the data through the blockchain, which would be extremely, extremely slow and would require a lot of coordination and big storage, we have uh, an off-chain protocol, which is peer-to-peer. -peer, uh, and then we have on-chain settlement for the payments. So I think this is a really cool thing that we're doing, Clava. Cool. Um, I guess we have a question from Will. Yeah. So I guess just going back to the beginning of the conversation, V13 and stable swaps, where can we find these pools? Are they over on the Frontiers interface, or do we just need to look them up by pool number at the moment? Uh, just wondering how, if we wanted to LP into, into one of the stable pools, where to go with that. I believe they are on the Frontier interface right now because... Uh, technically, USDT and BUSD have approved uh, for our, the main site yet by governance. So that will come via the governance proposal uh, pretty soon to uh, add some incentives to those pools. And so then we'll see that that pool uh, pop over onto the front to the main site as well. And I think it need, I think also what the swap router does is it looks for a minimum amount of liquidity for it. Uh, routing uh, swaps through a pool. So I think it's also uh, just need to wait for some like minimum viable liquidity first. Yeah, and if anyone knows the pool number, maybe just uh, add it in a comment in on Twitter here or something like that. I don't, I'm not seeing it yet. Yeah, that would be a good idea. I think we've got uh, chaos up here as well successfully. American yeah can you say something yeah yeah so just for everyone in the audience sweet twitter spaces at least speaking on twitter spaces doesn't work on web um fun fact so i'll just introduce chaos quickly i'm on there can you can you guys hear me yep loud and clear yeah go, yep, go for perfect. it i'm omer um founder at chaos labs chaos labs is a it's a cloud platform that specializes in risk management and optimization for DeFi protocols um, we have a bunch of different tools for doing that. The main methodology is using Monte Carlo simulations, uh, blockchain simulations at scale. So what that means is that like uh, we form uh, different blockchains, 
uh, currently support all EVM compatible, which is now expanding to the Cosmos ecosystem. Um, and we just run and, and basically test the performance of the protocol under high market volatility, um, kind of like Black Thursday-ish market conditions um, and like potential malicious attackers, uh, working with a wide range of protocols in DeFi, um, like Uniswap, uh, Chainlink, Banky, Aave, uh, DYDX, uh, and most recently, SuperX to join Osmosis um, in the Cosmos ecosystem. What we're working on right now with Hather nodes <clears throat> is building a platform uh, to automate and optimize uh, liquidity incentive uh, distribution recommendations. So that essentially means we want to make sure that the community isn't overpaying um, for liquidity, um, but also ensuring that the liquidity on the platform across different pools is sufficient, such that the slippage isn't large and there's good trade in UX. Uh, so that's a little bit about us and excited to be here and happy to like answer any questions from the community. I guess before diving into the specifics of the grant and incentive optimization for osmosis, like I think it'd be helpful just to hear about some of your previous work on on the EVM compatible uh, chains you mentioned. Uh, you, you touched on Ave um, and and a few other names in there. Definitely. So currently, we're leading risk management uh, for Ave. The primary focus is on uh, V three markets across the different deployments. Uh, and what that means is we spend a lot of time um, in all of the areas that are associated and related to risk parameters. So for Aave or for any type of like lend and borrow market, typically um, it's liquidation thresholds and it's also the liquidation penalties. Um, this basically, these are instruments and parameters which are used to determine the amount of risk that the protocol is willing to take on. And really the classic question that you have with all risk management is, is what's your risk appetite? Um, so for example, the higher the, or the more generous the liquidation thresholds are and allowing for people to take leverage against their crypto loans, the more money a protocol will make because essentially the business model is making interest off of the size of the loans. But then you're also exposing yourself to a lot of risk um, in the case in which the market turns against you and you have a rapid decline of assets, uh, which in the worst case scenario can lead to uh, a scenario in which liquidations can happen in time and the protocol is left with bad debt. Uh, historically, this was more work that was... Um, it was probably simpler to model because there was always um, an assumption of rational actors uh, in the market. More recently, uh, post-Mango squeeze and the curb dump attack that recently happened on Aave, um, that extends more to like the economic security aspect where we kind of look at protocols and try to see if somebody malicious were to approach this, you know, how much capital would it take to basically manipulate the markets and bring the protocol to a vulnerable state. So that's been most of, of the work with Aave and kind of the main focus right now is prepping the community for the migration to V3 on Ethereum. But really for other protocols, uh, we've done more work that's focused on liquidity incentives. So a good example of that uh, is DYDX, which is actually moving to the Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, early on had an issue with how liquidity incentives are being distributed towards market makers. And um, the, the long and short of it is we have like the whole technical analysis and blog on the platform, but there are different ways in which market makers who weren't necessarily contributing the highest quality volume in order flow to the DEX, uh, were still taking the lion's share of the rewards, which obviously for, for a platform like Osmosis would also be a serious issue. Um, so we did an analysis there, which resulted in proposing a new closed form formula uh, for distributing said assets across the market which has since contributed to much healthier um, volume and order flow. 
for the platform. And I can, I want to like leave space for questions, but can definitely talk through like different research problems and technology, which were developed for, uh, for Benki, for, for Uniswap, for some of the other clients that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, I, 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 I guess, yeah, helpful to hear some of the background and must be very interesting in a, in a bear market for, for a project like Aave with uh, rapidly changing collateral prices and, and factors. But onto Osmosis specifically, like what drew you guys in and, 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 and what are you guys working on specifically around incentives? Definitely. So what drew us in, I think first and foremost is, is the community. Like, uh, we're, you know, we're always looking at all of the different communities that are growing. Um, but I think there's like a noticeable difference in the, the level uh, of contributors, the level of activity and the quality of discourse that happens within the Cosmos ecosystem, specifically in Osmosis. So for us, uh, that immediately raises like the bell that this is like a, a community that we want to be involved with. There's potential here to do like a long-term partnership because contributors are thinking about this as a long-term project, um, which unfortunately like isn't something that can be said for, for every crypto community. So that's the main motivation um, for, for actually deciding to invest like our end resources in, into building for the Cosmos ecosystem. Specifically what we're doing now um, for the Cosmos ecosystem. So we've engaged with Osmosis uh, via the grants program. Um, and in the grants program, we're collaborating with Hather Nodes, which is also like a pretty prolific contributor uh, to the Osmosis ecosystem. Now, what we're doing is Hather is focusing on developing a model for the liquidity incentive uh, spend. So the, the end goal of that model is to basically rec make a recommendation for how many Osmos should be uh, distributed to each pool. Um, and that model is being run on chaos infrastructure. So we're building like a, like a full platform for LPs, um, for retail, and also for protocol like activists for, to be able to see uh, the spend breakdown uh, and also how recommendations will affect different stakeholders across the protocol. Um, and, and ultimately it's going to run uh, on the chaos like cloud under the community analytics uh, tab, which is open uh, for everybody. So Hather is working specifically on the model. We're doing all of the edge uh, infrastructure and platform work uh, to basically give it a platform so that people can have transparency and a deep understanding of how and why these recommendations are being made. And I guess like if I'm an, uh, an Osmo holder or, or, or a validator or, or just a contributor, like why should I, why should I care about this, this work that you're doing? Like if, if, if it pans out, what will be the impact on your average uh, token holder, LP, or, or, or just user of Osmosis? Yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, it's token spend, right? So ultimately, like all of the, the tokens that are being used in order to incentivize liquidity um, can be coming out of treasury or, or different funds which have been pre-allocated to the protocol. And the, the goal here really is like, we're, we're doing all of this because our hypothesis is, is that the spend could be decreased significantly or at least shifted um, to the pools in which it's going to um, it's going to result in material increases in volume. Now, material increases in volume um, and deeper liquidity draws more users to the platform that drive more order flow, which drives more revenue, um, which ultimately all comes back to the protocol. And as a token holder, that's great because increased revenue just is more resources for us to put towards us and the community to put towards building a more robust product, touching on more verticals, 
um, and, and really becoming like a leader in the space. So it, it may start small from risk optimization and understanding how to spend like liquidity incentives. But if this works along with other optimizations that can be done with the protocol, it translates into more dollars for the protocol to use to other strategic initiatives. And in terms of just timing and, and, and next steps, what can people expect uh, in terms of like a deliverable or, or proposals? How are you thinking about it along with Heather? Definitely, definitely. So we had um, a spaces with the community last week um, and we have two blog posts on, on the website and also on our Twitter, which you can access, uh, which basically details the roadmap. The, the TLDR of it is that we've been making a lot of progress with Hathor nodes and we're anticipating to launch like the V0 of the platform with recommendations over the next four to five weeks. For anyone who's interested, also, I, I invite you to go to the blog. There's screenshots of the product. There's like basically like a walkthrough of what it's going to look like and what data and analytics are going to be displayed. Um, so those are the timelines. So really, like when everyone gets back from Christmas and, and New Year's, um, the idea is to have a new platform for liquidity incentive recommendations waiting for the community uh, to be able to kind of observe and give feedback on. Cool. I think that was a, a helpful high-level overview. Um, I could keep going. I think there, there's a, a lot of interesting stuff to dive in on, but I want to give a, a chance to others on the stage or, or from the audience to ask any questions to, to Chaos. I think we have a question from Deves. Yes, uh, uh, thanks for inviting me up. A lot of familiar faces. Uh, Deves from uh, Orbital Command here. I had another question for Chaos Labs. Uh, so I, I saw y'all's um, update in regards to the different applications that you're building on this platform. Uh, so your recommendations app, LP providers app, and then the uh, pool insights app. I was just curious, you know, generally speaking, like what led you uh, to coming up with these three ideas, like these three pieces of the structured platform? And how do you envision, you know, the community in terms of like going forth with governance, leveraging these apps uh, to kind of make recommendations about incentives or being uh, informed, I guess, about uh, being a liquidity provider? It's a really good question. Um, so really like like you you highlighted and like we said earlier, like the, the platform here, the, the idea with this is to do this POC and then to move forward with that to, to basically a vote to the community to see if it's something that we want to double down on. Um, and invest more resources on, on a go-forward basis. So to that end, when we were thinking about basically building a platform for liquidity incentive recommendations, we tried to identify like who are the key stakeholders, right? So obviously, um, you know, LPs and market makers is definitely one of them. And that's really the, the inspiration for making um, an application dedicated to liquidity providers. As we're changing the incentives, they should be able to see how it's going to affect them. And that's going to drive that, that data is going to drive decisions into how much liquidity they're adding or removing um, from different pools across the protocol. And then the other, the flip side of that is maybe more retail uh, investors or individual kind of traders who want to see how the um, how changes are going to affect their um, their different portfolios or wallets. So we're trying to really basically cover both of the sides there and make all of the data when you're doing any type of like risk or optimization work. Um, it, it's obviously not so trivial. So it's just really us thinking, and this is something that goes into all of our products, how can we make it as transparent as possible? 
like the it's really not like useful if we're coming in and making these recommendations that are black box and nobody understands and that's the reason why we spend a lot of um time kind of polishing the, the analytics stack um and then the, the really the last part of the pools is just supposed to be more of a granular view so we could you know focus on high level metrics and how much is being saved or redirected in the high level but we also want to have the ability to drill down into specific pools to see how changes are affecting the overall volume um, and order flow over time. So that's really like trying to touch on all of the main points that this would affect and, and provide very high visibility and transparency uh, to the different changes. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate the response. And also, um, just to add on, if you have like any um, recommendations or things like when you read, this is to you and to everybody that you read on the blog that you would like to see, like data that you think would be very helpful or useful or, you know, then always feel free to like reach out because that's exactly uh, the type of feedback that we're trying to solicit from the community. Do you have any like examples of any like high level takeaways from the analysis so far? It doesn't have to be like exact recommendations, but just like, you know, interesting analyses or anything? So super high level, because I do, I want to leave that to Hather, who's currently like making like a write-up of all of the findings. Um, but it's not very surprising, right? Like to understand that the way that we've, that the community has been distributing incentives until now has not been optimized. And there's a lot of low hanging fruit um, in terms of how we can either reduce or redirect the incentives to pools that are going to increase and drive the bottom line for us. So very initial numbers coming in. It looks like it's going to be very impactful, um, especially since there are like hundreds of pools at this point. Um, and, and many of them basically are using like, um, like blanket heuristics in order to cover them. So we think it's going to be pretty impactful. We're, we're pretty excited to be able to reveal the results over the coming weeks um, and share them with the community and get the feedback. Cool. Uh, someone just requested to speak, but I pressed the wrong button and pressed the X instead of the check mark by accident. So whoever that was, if you could just re-request, I can, we can add you back up. Cool. Uh, Vargas, uh, go ahead. Hey, Vargas. Hello, what are you doing today? Doing great. I'm part of the uh, Lunar Classic community and... Uh, we passed governance for the interchain communications to be open. And you guys have liquidity with Terra, liquidity pools. Is there any way, now I do have a Kepler wallet. We have a lot of new, new, new to crypto people in, in our community. Is there any way that you could, could come up with maybe a video or a step-by-step -step how our community could get into your liquidity pools? Sorry, could you could you repeat the exact question again one more time? Could you put together a how-to video or uh, an instruction for the Terra Luna Classic community to get into the liquidity liquidity pools through osmosis through the Kepler? Like I know yeah. how to do it, but a lot of a lot of our we have a lot of new community members that are just new to crypto in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you go to uh, support.osmosis.zone, uh, they actually there actually are quite a few I think videos on how to like 
you know, deposit, withdraw assets, how to, well, this is how to create Kepler wallet, how to deposit and withdraw assets, and then how to uh, LP them. So, um, yeah, I think there's a, a number of videos there already. If there's any, like, specific tutorials, um, I would recommend reaching out to the Osmosis Support Lab and, you know, gauging on demand. We can, they can probably help create new videos as needed. Yeah, I'm driving right now. Could you, is there any way you could throw that up on the top? And I can share it later with the uh, community. What I uh, what link. I could do is I could just I could just DM you the information if you like. That'd be wonderful. And I could share it with the community and um, go on some of ours after I do some research. And you know I could throw it up in our community spaces. That way, there you can grow your liquidity pools, and our communities can come together. Sounds good. Thank you so much. For sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess that's, you know, also, uh, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, if anyone wasn't aware, yes, the uh, IBC channels between Terra Classic and Osmosis were uh, opened. Uh, the Notional team helped do a lot of work to uh, make sure that those could be opened again safely. So thank you to them. Uh, there's a number of, you know, a lot of uh, Os Osmosis users who had USTC and or uh, Luna Classic on Osmosis, and you know they were kind of cut off from the rest of it, and so uh, yeah, so now you know they can exit the, those tokens back to the Terra Classic chain if they'd like, or uh, you know the Luna Classic community can come and bring more liquidity onto Osmosis if they'd like. Um, I believe that Terra Classic and sorry Luna Classic and USTC are both currently on the Frontier site right now, uh, so that's where you can uh, find those. Uh, yeah. Cool. Any other questions from anyone in the audience? I just wanted to say that I just went through and looked up all the all the uh, stable swap pools and made a tweet thread, and I'll link that here. There's actually uh, like over a dozen or something that people have spun up in the last couple of days. So I guess we'll have to see in coming weeks which ones take off. Sweet. Thanks. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for joining Update from the Lab this week. And uh, we'll, this will be the last one for the year. We'll continue them again uh, in the new year. So thank you, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, y'all. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Osmosis Updates from the Lab, recorded on Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Vin. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now, with Spark IBC enabled. Waking up like a basement dweller Stepped out the door and her braces yelling 2020, what an ugly shit show Staring at the fucking rig roll from the get-go Looking outside, the whole state's on fire The fuck do you expect when you embrace the liars And replace the writers with AI just like us Emaciated models killing bright burns First in, last out, picture me rolling The worst time to cash out, so what you holding? The Merc's gonna cash cow country stolen Drooling over chicken like the goose is golden Trying to be so full, spitting that molten Lava from the bottom of the caldera I'm hot and gonna put it in a bottle And offer it to the god who hit the gas full throttle Blasting off in a rocket The many people who will, will see things happen to them That are in their favor So someone's looking over me that's a, that's a fascinating
what you find is, is that we as humans simply have a profound inability to understand statistics and probability. Stitching these writings, living that life like Who would have guessed you'd turn out this nice, right? Avoiding stress, that's the motherfucking secret Print that shit on a motherfucking leaflet I'm just an asshole hooked on the bricks Looking at the rectangles, damn they kinda thick We've gone through a whole lot of kings here Cutting off heads just to bring cheer Getting all fired up, Tiger King, line them up When you'd give an arm and a leg just to try the junk On some first time buyer's luck Alexa, set a reminder and remind me to buy a bunch And put your hands up if you fuck this year And keep them in the air if you're picking up the spare And put your mask on just to go outside Looking at the planet about to downsize So climate change will not make Earth Basically, every other coastal city that we've spent thousands of years building uh, in the, since the dawn of civilization. Channel Spaces. <laughs>